Welcome to The Kindness Podcast. I'm Nicole Phillips. Some people say we live in a high-expectation, low-appreciation world. Today's guest is Tammy Joy Lane, who asked the question, what if we appreciated people before they served us? Tammy, you got to do a TEDx talk recently about putting the pre in appreciation. Now, I'm fascinated by this for multiple reasons, but let's just start by sharing with people what that means. What was your message at this talk? The main idea was instead of saying thank you at the end or never, then you just simply say it at the beginning. So what does that look like? I mean, are we talking about giving a, a server a tip at the beginning of the meal instead of the end of the meal? Or what, 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 how does that work? Exactly. So a lot of service jobs, I mean, they're high stress, high expectation, low, appreci- low appreciation. And when you give a server a tip at the beginning of the meal, I've had a few of them cry. And then also it just resets them and it lets them give you the very best service. So instead, I mean, I've been a server and when people give me a big tip at the end, sometimes I'm just like, oh, I wish I could have given them better service. But it's so much, there's so much to do. So it just acts as a reset button for the service industry. What other industries have you tried this in? That sounds really neat. Okay, so I do it as, and I was an Uber driver, and they did that for me. They got in and said, we're going to be annoying, so here's 20 bucks. (laughs) And so instead of being like bugged the whole time, I just relaxed and enjoyed the process rather than like if they would have given me that at the end, I would have been so sad that I was annoyed the whole time. Mm-hmm. So it's a reset for you and for the person who the person who's doing the service. You, there's something there's something in there that's interesting to me because it feels almost as if you are buying someone's kindness at the beginning. Do you see it that way or not? I see it more as I'm giving them a chance to be their best. Like I'm giving my best up front. And they can choose to give their best, too. So instead of, like, I'm giving you this money, now I expect, it's just like, I know that you're doing the best you can, and this is a hard job, so I'm appreciating you in advance, and then I'm going to be surprised with the outcome, Mm. instead of, like, expecting it. Mm, Beautiful. It's a totally different mindset. So what sort of words, are those the words that you use, or what sort of words do do you say to people, and then what do they say back to you? Okay, so I developed these cards. Um, they're pre-appreciation cards. And one side, okay, I'll just read it. It says, this is your pre-appreciation card. Whenever you feel unappreciated or underappreciated, look at this and know that it matters, that it's worth it, that you matter. Thank you in advance for the good you do that goes unnoticed and unseen. So I will hand them that card with a $5 bill or if I'm having a good day, a 20 or whatever, or once I've did it with a dollar bill, cause that's all I had. And they pause first of all. And then a few of them have cried and I thought it would work more on women than men, but even the men servers were like, Whoa, that's really cool. Hmm. Are your kids around to see this when this happens? Is this a family affair? Yeah. So my little, Okay, so I do it at the toll booth because I just moved to New York. And so we 
I hand the toll booth lady just the card, no money. Mm-hmm. And I say, the front side is for you. And when you're done with it, you can mail it to somebody else. And so one day, I, my daughter is passing out a card and she says the exact same thing. And then if I give it away and don't explain it to them, then she's like, hey, mom, you forgot to say, you forgot to tell them how it works. So it's been amazing about how they've just, I never sat down and taught them. They just saw it by watching. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're watching kindness through your actions. How old are your kids? Four, five, and ten. Oh, okay. So still pretty little to be picking up on the, on this concept of kindness. Hmm. So this TEDx thing is so fun. It it's a big deal to have a TEDx talk, right? I mean, how did this come about? Well, so last year I applied and I had this great idea how kindness could overcome depression, and so I submitted my, I submitted the request or whatever, and. And I got denied, and I was so sad because I just felt like it was so important. So instead of getting mad or anything, I called the organization and asked if I could volunteer. And so then I went up there to Idaho Falls, and I volunteered and made friends, and then I got on the email list. So when it came through this year, I I told all my friends about it so they could apply. And when it was that night, it was due at midnight. I was just like, oh, I better apply. And I pretty much did the same thing about kindness and depression. And and I hit submit and the whole thing wiped clean. So it didn't submit. Oh. So I literally looked up to the sky and I said, what the heck do you want me to talk about? And then this idea that I had been doing for the last year and a half came to my mind about sending out good and appreciation. And then I just submitted it really quickly. And then that's what they loved it. Oh, wow. It sounds like some fun yeah. divine intervention in there, doesn't it? Cool. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So you said your original idea was to talk about uh, depression and, and the ability of kindness to alleviate depression. How do you know that? How does that, has that worked in your own life? My kids are 11 months apart. Oh. And after, I was just had such bad postpartum and I was just not okay. And I kept trying to help people, but people would say, it's okay, just take care of yourself. You can help people at a later stage in life. And I just kind of downward spiraled. And then I just knew that if I could do nice things for people, that I would feel better, even if I wasn't okay. Because people say you can't give anyone from an empty cup. But I learned from this doctor his name is Dr. Paul Jenkins. So if you picture a cup and it's half empty, well, half is water and the other half is air. And we only give value to the water, which is crazy because we could live for days without water, but air we can only live without for minutes. And so if you stop looking at it half full or half empty, it's completely full and it's just half water and half air. So that's the that's the thing you can give at. The air is your passion and what's easy for you. The water is what everyone thinks you have to have to give. Mm, the resources. Do I have enough time? Do I have enough energy? Do I have enough money? Yes. Mm, but you can give them your heart and your passion. Yeah. And so having, having dealt with um, 
suicide, suicidal thoughts. I know that you have dealt with that in the past. I have dealt with that in the past. Um, why do you think that it's important that that people say yes to someone who is depressed? Oh, man, it's I mean, we want to give back and we want to contribute. And when you say no, they lose the opportunity to give back. And so if kindness is like a flowing circle, every time you say no, then it just cuts it off. And and then they just stop asking. It's like kindness rejection. It's, you know, after you offer your help so much and then you get rejected and rejected, you don't want to keep offering help. And so even if you don't need help, I say yes and then find a way to make it work rather than saying no. Because on one hand, I feel like we're praying for help, but we have our idea of how it has to look. And we, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't want help with the laundry if you're going to ruin, mix the towels or something. Mm -hmm. And we make it so hard to help each other, too. Right. We become difficult to please. Yeah. Hmm. I remember when I had breast cancer, um, I have a pesky little gluten allergy. So I had breast cancer and people would say to me, can I bring over a casserole? Can I bring over food for your family and for you? And and I'd say, no, 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 because I didn't want to tell people like, yeah, but I've got this food allergy and, you know, and my mm-hmm. kids are picky eaters. And so but I realized that people around me felt so helpless to do, they just wanted to do anything. They just, I I don't even think they cared whether we ate the meal or not because it made them feel good to make the meal for us. And, you know, the fact of the matter is we did eat it and we we ate very well during during my recovery from the mastectomy. So (laughs) have you had situations like that in your life where you have just had to say, oh yeah, I have to remember to say yes to people too? Yes, yes, for sure. So I have gluten... I'm celiac as well. And so. Oh, my goodness. We're like I, twins. <laughs> I, know. I know. I can't wait to meet you in real life. <laughs> so I always struggle with this. Like, do I just say yes and accept the gluten cookies? Obviously, I'm not going to eat them, but my family will. So sometimes I say yes to kindness and then distribute it because I'm offered a lot of kindness because I'm always doing stuff for people. Mm-hmm. And so I don't ever. Okay, not ever. I do. I still have to think about it sometimes. Um, But mainly I say yes and then hand it off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like regifting. Regift. I'm all about the regift. kindness, I like to say. Oh, that's so much nicer than saying regifting. I'm going to shift the <laughs> kindness onto someone else. Oh, I'm going to use that phrase a lot. So do you think that saying yes to kindness means saying no to things in our life or people in our life? Um, if we're saying yes to kindness, especially to ourselves. Yeah, that, that's been a hard one for me because you got to protect your heart a little mm-hmm. because I feel like the more good you want to do, the harder life gets. Like if you're not tempted and if you're not having like struggles, I think you're making it too easy on yourself. And you know, when you're going for a big goal and there's like, so like just getting on this call today, literally getting Skype. It was just such a ruckus. And I'm like, I know it's a good thing because it was so hard to get here today. (laughs) And so for sure, you got to protect and you got to, yes to kindness doesn't mean yes to abuse or yes to mistreatment. It's just, you got to have that know in your mind that I got to 
take care of me so that I can help others mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. How do you feel like your life has changed since you really decided to focus on kindness? And can you pinpoint the time when you did say, okay, something's got to change here. I've, I've got to be kind. I think it was the time my husband moved out and he's my fourth husband. And so I just realized like I might be part of the problem. (laughs) And (laughs) if you're surrounded by difficult people, (laughs) take a look in the mirror, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I really, I had just been leaving like a trail of destruction behind me. If people didn't like me, I wouldn't care. I would just block them, unfriend them. I wouldn't do anything. And, and then I look back and I'm like, uh, all these people that I had just said whatever and done whatever. And then it was becoming just pretty much a trail of destruction when I look back. And I, I thought, I don't want, when people think of me, I don't want them to have that feeling of like, ugh. Mm. I wanted to smile when they thought of me. And that wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. And how many years ago was that? I want to say like less than three years. Okay. For sure. So it's it's always astounding to me how quickly kindness will kind of reroute your life and transform yeah. your life and rewire your brain. So how quickly did you see and how often did you have to do kindnesses? I'm asking you multiple questions. Sorry, but... <laughs> Uh, how how soon did you see the benefits of kindness kick in? It's kind of immediate, but it's kind of more than doing kindness. It's once I, okay, this is going to sound weird, but once I really like accepted that I wasn't doing this kindness alone and that I needed help and there, it was more than selfish kindness. It was like, this is greater good kindness and not just me trying to feel better. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you took your eyes off of yourself and put them on the world, it sounds like. Yeah. Where maybe before it was like I was trying to prove I was a good person, but now I don't have to, I don't feel like I have to prove that I'm a good person. I'm just like being a good person. Where in the beginning it was like, I'm a good person because I did this and look what I did. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you've been so beautifully open and vulnerable about your battles with depression and suicide. Has that gotten easier or is it as tough as it's always been? It's hard. It's still hard. Um, I wonder what people are going to think or, you know, you get on to some thinking about what looks good and what's going to help my business grow. And so sometimes I get wrapped up in that. But right before I push post, if I do something like that, I always have the intent that if it helps one person live, then I'm okay. If I have to lose business, but one person's still alive, then that's that's my goal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you still battle with those same thoughts or do you feel like like kindness has kind of been a tool for you in healing oh they still come mm-hmm. pretty i i kind of feel more because i feel like i'm trying to do more good and so 
it's gotten harder instead of easier, but I can shift out of it faster. So they still come out me, the thoughts, and and sometimes out of the blue, but it feels like I have more tools and I can be like, all I have to do is get out of my house, get out of my head, rather than stewing about it for a week. Mm-hmm. So it's still there, but I can get out of it faster. Kind of becomes a sort of medicine that you take when you can feel it coming on. Yeah, I like to say we're all addicted to something, so um, let's be addicted to crack, which commit random acts of constant kindness. <laughs> I like that, and you and you um, offer that up as well on your website. Yes to kindness, uh, a thirty-day kindness challenge. What do you hope will happen to or for people in that thirty days? I I promise that if they will. Do one act of kindness just continually. It's it's awesome because you have to look at the world differently. Instead of thinking, what can I get? What do I need to do today? You're like, what can I give? What's this act of kindness that I can do? And so it shifts your mindset out of your own head. And then it just gets you on an upward spiral instead of a downward spiral. You're on your own current kindness challenge. Uh, what does that look like for you? Yeah, so January 1st, I just had this idea that it'd be fun. Well, I met this lady, Donna, who did 365 days of living kindly. And she wrote a blog about it. But I am not that consistent. And so, but I thought, what a great idea. And so I just, I'm. it's easy for me to do a Facebook Live. And so I'm just doing 365 days of that and it's I don't pre-plan it I don't you know do them on one day for the next seven days when I my hair looks nice like I just committed to doing whatever comes up that day Hmm. what sorts of things have come up so little things like when you send a text message just look at it and think how will that be received instead of just sending it back um like if you're going to dump water out, then dump it on a plant. Just simple things that if you've heard of them, you can do them. But a lot of times I don't think people are unkind on purpose. It's just that we're walking around kind of in our own head. And so my idea is that if I can have all these ideas of kindness floating around, then a situation will come up and people will pause instead of yelling at someone or just take a moment to breathe before they destroy someone with their words. Mm. How do we get out of that walking around in our own head? So I think we make it too hard. We like saying thank you. You, Someone did something really nice to me and I wanted to say thank you like in a big way. And now it's been six months and I never even said thank you. And so we make it too big. We make it kindness a big thing. And when it's simple, like smiling or I've been trying to do this thing where everyone that comes in my way, I compliment them like your hair is pretty or that color looks good on you. And people will actually bash on those kind of kindness because they seem insincere. But if that light, people will say that you've made my whole, whole week. And if that will make someone's entire week, I'm going to do that to everyone that passes my way. Mm -hmm. 
So it's simple. It's simplifying. It's do a face check. See if you have a scowl on when you're not even mad or if letting someone in in traffic, just treating people how you want to be treated. Because on one hand, we want grace. And then on the other hand, we want justice when we give justice and we want grace, but we should give grace and hope for grace. Mm-hmm. And hope for grace in return. And that's probably the biggest kindness that we can give to people is just to love on the one right in front of us, right? Yeah, yeah. Tammy, thank you so much for talking to us. I can't wait to hear about all the people who are putting the pre in appreciation because of you and this movement you've started. Thank you. Thank you so much. Connect with Tammy Joy Lane and follow her work at yestokindness.com. Thanks for listening to The Kindness Podcast. It's produced by WOUB Public Media and relies heavily on the kindness of engineer Adam Rich. I'm Nicole Phillips. We hope you'll subscribe to The Kindness Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or NPR One.